By now, you've probably heard the pushback to Bernie Sanders' most recent debate response to a scenario about Black American life. For some time now, Sanders has been accused of not connecting with the Black experience. He's been shown to struggle with articulating race-specific solutions, and as a result, his platform has been said to not resonate deeply enough with enough Black American voters. So let's talk about if we're giving a good man too much of a hard time. So the most recent presidential debate was held on Saturday, October 26th at Benedict College. Benedict College is a historically Black four-year college in Columbia, South Carolina. According to the school's website, the HBCU was originally founded in 1870 as an institute for freed slaves and Black descendants of slavery. Initially, the school operated in the mansion of a former plantation owner. As was the case for several first-generation HBCUs, Benedict College reports a reputation for producing graduates in STEM-related fields. With that backdrop, Vermont Senator and second-time presidential candidate Bernie Sanders faced a question about excessive use of force at the last presidential debate. Specifically, a young Black male audience member proposed to Sanders a hypothetical situation, placing Sanders as the parent and advisor to a Black driver who has been stopped by police. Before we delve more deeply into the conversation, I'll play the audio for you so you can hear Sanders as well as the questioner um, in their own words. Uh, my question is, to, um, my name is Jamel Lawton. I'm from Bamberg, South Carolina. I'm a sports management major. My question is to you, if I was your son, what advice would you give me next time I pull over by police officer? What, what, be a, hold that mic a little bit closer. I'm sorry. Uh, what, if I'm, if, if I'm your son, what advice would you give me the next time I'd be pulled over by a police officer? Next time you pull over by a police officer. I would do my best to identify who that police officer is in a polite way, ask him or her for their name. I would respect what they are doing so that you don't get shot in the back of the head. But I would also be very mindful of the fact that as a nation, we have got to hold police officers accountable for the actions that they commit. And that is, so to answer your question, I would be very cautious if you were my son in terms of dealing with that police officer, but I also defend my rights and know my rights and make sure if possible that police officer's camera is on what goes on. So as you can hear from that audio, there was a spattering of applause and some people were 
sufficiently satisfied um, with Bernie's response, you know, the response that was essentially asking him to internalize the idea that he had a Black son who'd been pulled over by police. The response that Sanders gave is a very common response about how to make it home um, after a police encounter so as not to appear threatening or be perceived as threatening by law enforcement. So this was really an opportunity for Sanders to address the infamous talk about safety and racial profiling that parents, especially those of Black boys, um, have to have in this day and age. Um, The question is significant because police use of excessive force against unarmed citizens, Black males particularly, and also Black women and children, is being framed as a public health crisis and a failure of domestic human services. On the international stage, the harming of unarmed Black citizens is seen as a pervasive human rights violation and has also been cause of travel advisories advising foreign citizens not to travel to the United States. Um, It's an important topic to raise, right? It's a legitimate topic to raise um, given the current climate. um, And it's also important for any current or would-be holders of public office to address this issue. So besides the harsh visual of one son being, you know, quote unquote, shot in the back of the head, a few things stood out to me about Sanders' response to the question. First, he seemed contemplative and thoughtful before he responded. You know, there's been some discussion about um, if he was stalling um, when he suggested that the young man hold the mic closer and all of that. Some have characterized that um, characterized that as a struggle to find the right words. Others have suggested that Sanders appeared surprised by the question. But I think that Bernie, Bernie Sanders was genuinely trying to understand the framing of the question and perhaps also trying to frame it with the right words that would re- be received in the way that he intended. Either way, what was most most uh, noteworthy to me was the political insufficiency of Bernie's response. You know, I agree that Sanders should not be surprised by the question, and I'm not sure that he was caught unaware that he was surprised, really. I mean, how could he be reasonably surprised? The setting for the debate was a historically Black college. The timing for the debate is present day 2019, where recent data suggests that police shooting is the sixth leading cause of death for Black youth. And there's been, you know, all manner of publicity publicity about October 2019, marking the would-be 400-year mark for the first well-known documented enslaved Africans arriving to the British colonies of North America. So, you know, even the fact that it was the HBCU debate location and the upcoming debate le- debate location in Atlanta um, gives testimony to the reality that Democratic candidates are in real danger of turning away the Black vote, at least for the presidential component of this election cycle. So within that context about race and Blackness in America, no one should be reasonably surprised about questions um, asking a politician to address Black voter concerns and Black voter needs. You know, still we know that most candidates seem to be caught underprepared and not ready to propose real solutions. So what really stuck out for me is that, you know, of course, this lack of preparation in a debate and the lack of ability to, you know, off the cuff really address Black voter concerns and Black demographic needs really 
gets to what will you do once you're in office. So the natural extrapolation is if you're underprepared during the debate or if you're underprepared during, you know, a random question from a man or woman on the street, then what does that say about your vision for Black America? And what does it say about your potential and will to actually take impactful and adequate action to transform outcomes for Black America? All legit concerns. And that was my biggest takeaway or critique of Bernie Sanders' response um, to the question. So, and Sanders is not alone in this problem, right? Um, Many candidates thus far, Black, white, and other, have demonstrated a lack of fluency that ultimately comes from lack of vision. Political candidates lack vision for correcting systemic race-based issues that are real life, everyday living for Black Americans. You know, candidates like Beto O'Rourke and Elizabeth Warren and several others have provided really lengthy historical lessons about how race-based historical incidents and present-day systems have created and maintained modern-day social inequality for Black Americans and how social systems and economic systems have created and maintained wealth disparity for Black Americans specifically. Yet, with all of this background knowledge about race-specific root cause, specific solutions to that history have been absent. Solutions have been dedicated among non-Black groups or solutions have been proposed that really don't have teeth. For example, while Marianne Williamson has spoken for some 20 years now about racialized root cause and repair, her currently proposed allocation of $500 million has been deemed and is actually financially inadequate for the task of transforming outcomes and closing the wealth gap for Black Americans. In effect, her solution, like so many others like it, is essentially a way to subsidize businesses rather than returning resources directly to families and individuals. And to be clear, systemic race-based harm was and is especially inflicted at the individual, family, and the community level. Um, Those are exactly the levels that institutional and systemic institutional race-based repair must include. It's not adequate to subsidize businesses or make Black folks subsidize consumers. The harm and repair that's happened to individuals, their families, and their communities needs to be infused back to those individuals, those families, those communities. You may also recall that presidential candidate Kamala Harris scoffed and chuckled in disbelief when she was asked about her policy plans for Black Americans specifically. She replied by saying she was not going to do anything that only benefited Black Americans, while At the same time, in other settings, Harris promised to provide specific monetary allocations and implement social policy for specific domestic non-Black and foreign, non-Black, and non-American interest groups. So specific policies are proffered to other groups, but are not even offered or even responded, uh, are replied, it provided in response to a Black request for specific policies. And that's just altogether problematic. So is it uncommon to think that when Black Americans give you something, you owe them in return? If Black Americans show up to vote for you and support you or your party, you owe them something in return. That seems to be um, not uh, the recipe that we've been following for quite a few years. 
So the responses that the candidates have given, several candidates have given, also suggest that the rest of the American populace has become accustomed to Black struggle and winning um, you know, non-Black constituent support by avoiding the act of giving positive political power to Black Americans. Specifically, you might recall that several years ago when, when uh, Sanders was running and Clinton were running, the idea from the DNC was that don't provide specific public comment about Black Lives Matters as a whole or any Black-specific policies. Evade if you can. The idea there being that when you support Black America specifically, the rest of America feels some kind of way. And that prevents leaders from actually addressing Black needs, which to me is altogether inadequate for um, any candidate who is trying to hold um, public office. You've seen candidates offer universal policies that raise all ships, which does little to acknowledge or repair root cause of multi-generational harm to Black America. So while we can talk about the very specific policies, practices, and harm that's been caused to Black America, and we can, we can draw a clear causal line there, we are loath to and hesitant to and avoid at all cost actually addressing and offering specific solutions to that. So make no mistake about it, the repair of root cause is exactly what Black Americans have been fighting and compromising for all along, fighting to implement policies that actually end inequalities and inequities, fighting for actual implementation of social, economic, educational, and political justice, not just programs alone, not ongoing, not-for-profit activity from foundations that essentially serve and maintain government creation root cause. Black America has been compromising. Black America has been patient. Black America has been flexible to a fault, only to end up with piecemeal approaches rather than real systemic transformation that changes the trajectory of collective Black life in the nation that Black Americans have fought, died for, and built. So if folks are giving candidate Sanders and the rest of candidates a hard time, it's well-deserved and it's absolutely necessary. So in an ideal society, our national values would become real and universally experienced among the entire population, regardless of race. That's not our current reality. The ways that racism and race have and do play out in an ideal society would be common knowledge, right? We wouldn't still be teaching people about um, significant facts in American history. And those facts in that reality and how we got there would matter to all Americans in an ideal society. Um, but we don't produce that level of awareness nor that strength of will in the average American citizen. However, for local, state, and national politicians, they should and must be held to a higher standard of care about those facts and that reality, and also a higher standard of competence about managing and navigating those facts and that reality. We're currently not seeing that in this presidential cycle. So would-be and currently seated elected officials, as well as those in appointed position, 
should be most ready to talk about the current racial dynamics of our society. Current officials and would-be officials should be most capable of identifying solutions. They should be most willing to implement repair for the history they know and can talk about off the cuff. Um, And also, they should be most willing to correct our current course. It seems that these hard questions that Black folks are finally asking about their needs specifically and the increase in expectation of reciprocity. Black America is attempting to force an evolution in American political will and competence. Black America is most ready to make policymakers grow the political will to transform America sooner rather than later, to transform America in this generation, not the next one like was promised during the last generation and the one before it and the one before it and the one before it. Black America appears to be tired of waiting and it's about time. Traditionally, you know, politics um, in America or politics, particularly with Black America, has really focused on this trafficking in the honor system, right? So Black America comes out to vote. And if we vote for you now, you'll remember us in the future. You'll do right by us because everybody knows what's happening in America. There are several assumptions there that Black voters just shouldn't have been making. And I think that has become clear. Um, You know, that uh, trafficking in the honor system really hasn't yielded tangible benefits to Black voters specifically, and it's been a long time since it has. Um, But times are changing in American politics. Black voters are becoming more specific and resolute in their expectations of political candidates. Thankfully, Black voters are becoming less wishful about good intentions of seemingly nice people. In an environment where your race is the basis for your marginalization and your exclusion, receiving niceness actually feels good, right? There's some benefit to it. Um, it actually means something. Even at the political level, being nice, you know, is, is it used to anyway, actually carry some effect. It carried some weight. You could convince people to vote for you if you were just a nice guy or nice gal. You know, when you're accustomed to a narrative about your unacceptability, which Black people often are um, in very subliminal as well as very overt ways, you know, you crave the feeling of acceptance. So a person in power, a politician who's willing to, you know, dance with Black folks and eat at their churches or their restaurants, um, you know, or appear on, you know, a Black um, favored talk show, you know, validated a politician, or it used to, but the times have changed. Increasingly, Black voters are becoming practical and pragmatic, which is a great and mature thing to do. The focus now is on solutions and actual delivery of that solutions, more than just promises. Black Americans are asking candidates, what are you going to do for Black Americans specifically? I don't think any candidate anticipated this sort of change midstream, and I'm pretty sure that the masses of Black America also didn't anticipate this type of collective reorientation. Um, all of this is kind of happening while we are, you know, flying this ship called American politics. There are several dynamics at work that sort of explain this in my mind. Um, not the least of these is sort of racial battle fatigue among Black Americans. We've been at this fight for a really long time, um, and I think we're getting really tired of being tired. Um, and there's also this factor about the exhaustion of hope without proof of intent to deliver. 
Black folks have, you know, really sustained themselves on hope for a better future and hope for, you know, change with the next elected official. Um, For example, the election of Barack Obama was a false sign for many Black Americans, especially the older generation who thought they'd never see a Black person elected to president. It was a false sign of, you know, a significant change in racial climate and a transformation of uh, race relations in America. With uh, Obama's election, folks genuinely believed that we'd collectively unlearned racism and finally let it go. Uh, Or at least Obama's rise to the presidency suggested that there was hope for racial justice, healing, and harmony after all. You know, of course, that dream of a uh, post-racial America lasted about as long as Obama's inauguration ceremony itself. But Obama was the distinction of having, he had the distinction of having the most death threats. Um, He and his wife were routinely experiencing racialized character caricature in magazine, newspapers, emails, and the like. Um, He also was the president with the distinction of having sworn legislators and public servants promise his failure as their measure of success. You know, only for some of those very same legislators to now be surprised by the racial climate in America. To me, that's simply incompetent. Um, And or it's blowing smoke, right, for a politician who's, you know, two decades, three decades in the legislature to be surprised by the racialized climate that their actions or inactions allow to grow and develop. And that type of incompetence really has to end, and it has to end now. So as an ultimate sign of developing maturity, the Black populace is demanding policies and solutions before the vote, just like any other wise voter group. At one time, Black voters were willing to accept a presidential candidate's silence on their specific needs, uh, accepting the idea that the candidate can't speak specifically for the needs of Black folks because the rest of the nation wouldn't rally around a candidate who had a vision to serve Black people too. Not only that, but for the first time, potential Black voters are demanding policy proposals that are specific to Black Americans, not just people of color or minorities. We know that when you do not name Black Americans specifically, the system of colorism and the system of model minority ideology further marginalizes Black participation and Black benefit. The um, the fact that white women receive 70% of affirmative action allocations is evidence of the fact that when you don't name Black people specifically or the lineage that got us here, which the root cause of which is slavery, then Black people benefit least from those systems, processes, programs, legislation designed to benefit them most. A wise candidate knows that the solution is not to dismantle affirmative action, for example. Instead, the solution is to name specifically who is most marginalized and who should receive most benefit. That happens to be the Black Americans who literally died in pursuit of the civil rights legislation that others are greatly benefiting from at this time. 
At the same time, Black voters are increasingly expecting this type of, you know, racial literacy and competence from a would-be president of the United States. It's no longer adequate for the president to be the least informed person in the room. It's no longer adequate for the president to need to be educated uh, summarily about conversations that are happening every day in public media, as well as, you know, YouTube, social media, and the like. The president needs to be one of the most informed persons in the room about social and racial issues as well. That shift in expectation is becoming more apparent in the competition for the Democratic presidential nomination. And thank goodness, it's about time. So no, we're not giving Bernie Sanders too hard of a time. I would argue that Sanders' response in the last debate is simply insufficient. We, and not just Black Americans, should expect specific details about he and how he and every aspiring and incumbent political decision maker plans to correct and repair the root causes of inequities. That is to say, we need specifics, we need plans, and we need action steps for how you're going to make it happen before we show up on election day. Candidates should come prepared to engage, telling us what their vision is and demonstrating their absolute competence about the subject matter at hand. And in this conversation, it's really about how to address the needs of Black Americans. And if they're unable to do that, then they deserve to fail from their lack of vision and their incompetence. So if candidate Sanders were the hypothetical father to a Black child, a competent response from him would be something like this. I will use the power of my presidential office to ensure that these types of racial racial profiling conversations become less and less necessary. I will use the office of the presidency to ensure that punishment ensues when violations of the human rights of American citizens occur. We should expect candidate Sanders to provide commitment to reciprocate the political will conveyed in the vote of Black constituents. A competent reply from him would be something like this. I will use my presidential power and political capital to ensure that my Black son and the sons of other Black families do not have to fear a simple traffic-related encounter with police. We should demand that and receive clear definitions and boundaries around what accountability means to a candidate and what it includes, such that candidate Sanders would apply, reply with clarity about what he thinks screening and recruitment and professional development for law enforcement should include. We should not have to ask, um, you know, several times for clarity on what a candidate feels. We should not have to take the route of, you know, asking a candidate to imagine a victim is white or asking a candidate to imagine that the victim is someone that a candidate cares about in order to open the candidate's mind to real vision and real transformative solutions. Um, An abundance of vision and having multiple solutions should be a prerequisite for applying for the job. We should expect an uncompromised action plan from our candidates. We should expect an action plan that strategically manages barriers to change, who, 
where, when. And we should expect an action plan that efficiently implements change, you know, not something that takes a generation to achieve. It needs to be done now. We've demonstrated the will to do it for other non-Black groups. So a competent response from candidate Sanders would be something like, within the first 15 days of inauguration, I will issue an executive order to require maximum processes for law enforcement accountability, law enforcement resource, human resource transformation, community oversight, and transparency and disciplinary record disclosure. We need to disrupt the patterns that enable initial and repeated offenses. Candidate Sanders would also probably go on to say that my staff is researching and drafting the effective language to implement that process as we speak. So securing the Black vote is not difficult, and yet it shouldn't have been as easy as it's been thus far. If giving a hard time means only accepting actionable and repair-oriented responses, we should give hard times more often. If a hard time is given, it should be given to those who already have the power to deliver or delay racial equity. A hard time should be shared with those like candidates and all of the presidential candidates, all of those who want the power to deliver or delay racial equity. A hard time should be reserved specifically for those who lack vision and lack uncompromising will to deliver repair for the history that they know and recite all too well. Being a good person is simply no longer enough. Frankly, until racial equity is delivered by those with the power to implement it, a hard time should be had by all. <laughs>